1: This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. Winning Plays Podcast is back yet again, and the Celtics winning street has come to, uh, I guess, an uneventful end on Monday night in Chicago. A pretty pretty start-to-finish uh, loss against the, the Bulls, the one team along with the Cleveland Cavaliers that appear to have the Celtics <laughs> numbers there, uh, unlike the rest of the NBA. My name is Brian Robb, uh, joined today by... Freaking guest on the Winning Plays Pod and co-host Suichi Tirada, also of MassLive.com. Make sure you're following Suichi on Twitter at S-O-U-I-C-H-I Terada T R A D A to uh, follow his red-hot Japan World Cup uh, takes that will be coming in <laughs> over the rest of the week here. Suichi, we have to start there. What, what are the nerves like going into – Japan opens up tomorrow. What, what are the nerves here?
0: Uh, very nervous. Um, the last time they played, they – they blew a 2 0 lead, and I was in the I was an intern in the newsroom in Nashville, the Tennessee. And everyone was just <laughs> not making fun of me, but everyone was very sad for me. So, uh, I'm ready, I'm ready for this. I think it's been four years, uh, one pandemic later. Uh, they play at 5 a.m. against Costa Rica one of the day, so I don't know what I'm gonna do for that day. <laughs> but, well, uh, you know, that's we'll- a DVR
1: day, that's a DVR yeah. day. But, <laughs> but the Celtics, the Celtics do play Wednesday night at the guard after the uh Japan plays, so we want. You want to win here, so you don't have to take that punishment like you got in Tennessee. That's uh, true. That is very true. But um, yeah, so let's start here. We're we're gonna look ahead, and but we're gonna start by looking behind um, in terms of what the Celtics did in this nine-game winning streak, which uh, before it came to an end here on Monday night. And I guess I'll just start here. Of like, what's your what's your biggest takeaway from this streak as a whole? I mean, it wasn't a. There are a couple. Kind of not improbable wins, a couple of impressive come from behind wins, but mm-hmm. it was more just a, a kind of a TCB, if you will, a taking care of business type winning streak where the Celtics just, you know, had their way pretty communingly, obviously offensively against a lot of these teams. And then against the Bulls team last night, I don't know whether it was just taking the foot off the gas defensively or just, you know, a slow mm. scoring start, but it, it obviously wasn't uh, enough to to get number 10.
0: Uh, yeah, number one takeaway, I think I've mentioned this a few times, is um the clutch wins. Uh, yeah. Remember last year, like, we talked at length over and over again about how bad this team was, closing games and the clutch record and all those things. Something's I think it's about fixing 2 in clutch games following this win streak. And I think, you know, uh, last night's loss to uh, Chicago did not affect the clutch games, obviously, since it was – I think the closest was an eight-point margin in the fourth quarter, so that, that didn't register. And I, I just thought the clutch – they just kept pulling it out against, you know, close games, like against the Bulls to start it off, um, against the Grizzlies on the road. They did it against the Thunder at home, even though they looked horrible that entire night. uh And, and over and over again, I thought that was probably the most impressive part just because 6-2, like, you know, and I, I think I kept saying this last year, Rob, no, no matter what the encore product show, but there's always a little bit of finickiness when it comes to close games. Like, most teams hover around the 500 mark because there is a little bit of a luck factor into it, but... I think you feel pretty good about how those clutch games have gone. I think it's, it's pretty, you know, if you bring it up, I think people have brought it up to Joe and Jason and their biggest takeaway is they've been good in clutch games so far. or It's, it's, you guys haven't struggled yet. You know, one of those deals. So I think they have kind of a healthy mindset of it, but like you said, I think it's, it's taking care of business. Um One thing I was kind of um a little, not shocked by, but maybe a little amused by was just like you wrote a mass live today. Like, um, with Joe Mazula's like minutes distribution in terms of like playing these guys, like Al Horford played a lot of minutes yesterday against the Bulls. Jason Tatum played 40 plus minutes against the Pistons on the back kind of a back to back on a you know in a road game, and uh, and maybe it is just you know like I'm obviously so early to just be like, hey, this is like a problem. Like you shouldn't be playing your guys this much. Maybe it is very much so. I think I mentioned this to you, b Rob. Like maybe it's play them a lot now and and rest them in March slash April ahead of the playoffs. But I thought that was that's, that's just something kind of worth noting, I think. Um and, and maybe, you know, I'm I'm totally okay with that in the sense of like you saw what the Celtics were like just to begin last season in terms of 18 and 21. Look, the vibes are just completely off. They looked horrible. I think there is something to starting the season off strong and like fixing the vibes, especially post e scandal and suspension and everything. Like you got, you know, the number one team in the league. You still have the best record in the league if at, at 13 and 4, um, half game ahead of the Bucks. Like I think that means a lot to just to make sure like things are good. You know, like you could be the Warriors and, and take forever to win a road game coming off the <laughs> yeah. finals. You know, like there's there, there's that end of the spectrum and there's the Celtics end of the spectrum. So I'm okay playing all these guys. Um, I thought that was kind of just amusing. Uh, obviously with Al, that's a little bit different because you know, he's 36. But I think those two things kind of stuck out to me in, in terms of just winning those games. Like there were a few times I thought the, the winning streak was going to come to an end, but they just kept winning. Uh, like the Thunder game really especially comes to mind. I was talking I was to Corrales at that game and I was like, Yo, I think uh, they're gonna lose finally, and then now uh, they pulled it off. And uh, you got to do that when when you're the you know when you're trying to be the best team, the best record in the league. And and so far, all things considered, like the Celtics obviously look great. Like there's very little to nitpick against you know losses against Central Division teams. Uh, I think someone tweeted that Central Div- Celtics struggling against the Central Division, which uh, I don't think you want because the Bucks are in that in, in that in that division. But we'll see how those games go in the future.
1: Yeah, two things there. First, I think it's a great point on the on the clutch stuff, especially the way the Celtics started this season, like mm-hmm. four and three of a couple of like ugly finishes against the Cavs there. We know now we're, are a good team, but still that yeah. was, you know, the, the turnover of last season and points of the playoffs. They, for them to come through with both comeback performances and holding off, you know, comebacks and whether it's the Pistons or uh, against the bulls earlier in the win streak, that that's big. The minute stuff, and people, some people are getting mad about this. Meeting. Like, let me be clear here. Joe Mozilla is doing a great job. If this, <laughs> is the, if this is the big, like you said, if this is the biggest problem the Celtics have here, is like <laughs> they're playing guys a little bit too much to start season while having the best record to start the year. Like, mm-hmm. that's a good problem to have when you compare it to the Warriors of the world or even like look at the Heat right now or just other teams <laughs> that are just like kind of in shambles that were in that, you know, final four last year. With that said, um, the Celtics have a a pretty deep team here. And mm-hmm. they have, you know, they clearly have this. Horford, in particular, they're wrestling on the back to backs. That's good, but that mm-hmm. should be the case regardless. But the fact that he's playing more than he has since like 2017, right now, when he doesn't have the luxury of of a half a season off in OKC, that's that's a problem. Because mm-hmm. for me, it's it's a couple of damn boys. A like Luke Cornett, Blake Griffin, like backup center pooh-pooh platter, like, they've been okay. Like, they're not going to keep you from winning these games, by and large. They Some of them have had their moments. You can kind of, you know, rotate who you like in that group based on the matchup that night. Um, So that's number one. And number two, it's just like, Horford is just way too important to this team. Mm-hmm. Or like, if any, for, like an injury or just wearing him down, like, it's just there's, there's no way to kind of replace what he offers there. And from that standpoint, it's like, well, I don't know why you're like chasing wins against the Bulls in like November when you're down by double digits and and Horford's like oh of seven to start the night or something like that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I, I don't know. Like I always I, I found it kind of amusing to start the season. Uh Al got those questions about whether he was gonna play back to back. And then it was like I plan to and obviously he hasn't yet. Uh you know, I just and anyway, I remember strategic strategic al, answers <laughs> yeah right like i remember asking al at the end of last season like hey man how, how you feeling like you're old like you haven't done this whole nba long like a full nba season in at least a few years because of okc but also the pandemic you know affected everything etc cetera, etc cetera. um and he was like yeah you know i'm good and i'm like okay al like you should probably rest man like you know like i know you're a competitive dude and everything but it's just it's just good it's just better to be safe than sorry um and i think it's a good i think it's a good distinction you made b-rob in terms of like you can play these guys heavy minutes. Like, Jason Tatum, once again, is 24 years old. It doesn't turn 25 yeah. until March, I think. Like, he's fine playing 40 minutes on the back end. Of he the wants track. to play Especially more probably. Especially if he is okay. Yeah, it's, exactly. Mm. Like, this dude clearly clearly takes care of his body, right? Like, I think that's something that we can all, you know, um, his trainer Nick saying is always with him, basically, making sure he's fine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, he's fine. But, like, Al Horford is probably a guy that, like you said, is just too important. Like, if Al, I think Al might be, like, in terms of, like, x-factor like he might be the guy like obviously if jason or jalen goes down that's one right. thing but like if al goes down like you just can't replace that production and that starting lineup with rob as as everyone saw last year like that that's like completely you know like i think the offense might you know like the offense might not be league historic best levels i think just because of like right the spacing right now is great but i think with Rob back like you're back into the discussion of like one of the best defenses like in the league maybe flirting with ever etc cetera, etc cetera. so i just think. Al is such a big part of that, and being able to go over the big man and everything. So, um, but yeah, like you said, Joe Mazzulla is doing a great job. League best record, second best offense. Now, <laughs> I'm sure we'll get into that. But the defense yeah. slipped against the Bulls, but it keeps improving. I wrote about that last week. So, all things considered, like there's the fact that we have to talk about minutes distribution when other teams, like you said, like the Warriors and E and another and the Lakers, all these teams are having these god awful seasons. The, the Celtics are, you know, <laughs> they're they're riding high. And like I said, I think that's super important post-EMA, because B-Rob, like, if they started slow, can you imagine if they started like nine and seven or something? Which would be fine, like they're probably going to have a nine and seven stretch in the middle of the year. Like it's an eighty-two game schedule, like that happens, right? Like, but if they started that, I think a lot of there would be a lot of doubters about Joe, about the Celtics. Instead, they came out this nine-game win streak, looking like the best team in the league, and I think that's so important for the vibes and and you know, if that it's if the vibes are that good and it takes playing Tatum an extra five minutes. I think uh, everyone will be happy, including Jason Tatum. So. Right.
1: And, and I want to give credit to, and I want to like to on Joe's in Joe's defense here on that front too. It's like, this is a new team and what's a <laughs> good way to like build capital if your players like, okay, yep. We're going to, I'm not going to like, you guys want to go for the 10 game win streak, go for it. I'm not going to like mm-hmm. not play you enough. If you still think you have a chance in this game, and again, that speaks to, like, the the Tame and the Brown part of it. And those guys, Tame is fourth in the league in minutes. Brown is career high for minutes. But that's, to me, like, from that part of it, that, that's worth it in terms of, like, if <laughs> that's building that trust with that group. And guess what you said? If Joe is coaching for his job here, too, like, indirectly. <laughs> and so, yeah, a 13-4 start versus a 9-7 and start. Yeah, if we got to play guys a couple extra minutes to get that. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> make sure everyone knows that I'm the right guy for this job. Like, guess what? I, I can't fault joke for that either. So mm-hmm. um yeah over the over an A two game grind that will be uh, a situation where I'm sure it'll level itself out. I do think it's a situation too where Missoula might be thinking, hey, if Rob is looking good, if Rob's gonna be back in a few weeks, guess what? We'll have plenty of time to rest out. Like mm-hmm. assuming that and that and that's a lot of what ifs here if you know what is what is Rob Williams minutes low going to be like. And let's talk about him for a second here. So. Like though so, the laser ports is he's up to like three on three like mm-hmm. workouts here. Like the the original timetable was eight to twelve weeks to basketball activities. I think that was from like late September. Mm-hmm. What's your feel here? What's your prediction? He's traveling the team now. Do we see him? Are we going to see him before December? Are we going to see him on this West Coast trip? Like, what do you? What's your feel in terms of when when he comes back at this point?
0: I think I was I guess operating in, under the assumption I don't know how you felt about, but I, I was thinking. If Rob was back by January, I think the Celtics would have been pretty happy just because that way you would have had, like, adequate time. Like, I was on the back end of the 8- to 12-week time frame. In January, like, you can ease him back, but then you still have, you know, three and a half months uh, of of, of the regular season to really get your chemistry down. Like, right, like, Rob still got to play with Malcolm Brogdon, for example. Uh, So just small things like that. Um, I think, you know, I don't know, like, he could come back on that West Coast swing. That would be around mid-December. I personally think January, right? Like, I just think January is is still like a, a good shooting point, just because I think with Rob, like, you just don't want a situation where he can re aggravate that knee. Um, and right, like, everything in my opinion, in terms of like their finals hope, I think finals hopes, I think, is kind of contingent on Rob, because I think this is clearly like this team can go to the finals, win it all, but I think Rob is, is kind of that missing piece in terms of like even even better dominance, I guess, because they do have one of the best net ratings in the league, but. I think with Rob, you unlock the Celtics of last season. Um, And who knows if that's sustainable in terms of blowing everybody out. Like that was kind of a crazy stretch that we saw. It was extremely easy writing gamers. Like who knows if that is, you know, like, like, who knows if if they can replicate. Yeah, right. Uh, The last night wasn't too bad, I guess. Um, Who knows if they can replicate that. I think that was kind of, you know, a little bit flash in the pan. But I think. The Celtics should be working toward that because realistically, like you didn't even see that during the playoffs last year, just because Rob was hobbled, right? Like you saw flashes of it, but if Rob is fully healthy and the rest of the team is relatively healthy, right? Like this team, you know, without Gallinari, like you can't say they're fully healthy based based off the salary cap and in the rosters and everything. But I think you're you're just trying to replicate that. So I just think January is still a good, good, good starting point. I think if he comes back earlier, then obviously the and he's feeling good. Um, it seems like the vibes are good with him. Like, he's around the team a lot. Like, I remember asking him in training camp, asking Joe in training camp, like, what's Rob able to do? And he was like, He's around like pretty much all the time. Like, Kevin Gelley was like, Rob was giving me pointers on pick and roll coverages, stuff like that. So, you know, clearly he's excited to to come back. But I, I just think, right, like it's not worth him coming back like a, a week or two early if if uh if that affects the long term at all. And I think that's how everybody should feel or everybody does feel, just because Rob is such a unique talent, right? Like we talk about Al being so important, but Rob is also just completely unlocked so many different things he has to play.
1: Yeah, it's uh and to, to pile on to that point, starting 13 and 4 to the year. The sense of <laughs> yeah. urgency is just down, down, down. <laughs> I mean, the Celtics, if they stay healthy here, they should be not a lock for a top two seed in the East, but they're <laughs> they're well on their way since the top contenders to get those spots are Really beaten up, or have had their own problems right now, and they have got a mm-hmm. lot of work to do to even do that. And the Celtics, while playing a road heavy schedule here, are, are you know out in front of the gate here. And they, not that the things do, not that the quality of their opponents have been tremendous during this stretch. Um And they have clearly a really tough trip coming up in December. But with Rob, it's like, well, you don't want him. I think you just want to save the wear and tear as much as possible. So if he's, mm-hmm. you know, just build him up slowly. Like, get him feeling like really, really good. And if he's feeling really, really good, then maybe give him another week then to make sure he's yeah. like, you know, the, <laughs> like, I almost wonder, like, this won't happen. I wonder, like, it's like you send them, like, I don't know, I guess you could, like, send them to go practice with Maine and then do, like, five on five there. Cause, like, they're not going to be practicing mm-hmm. much with the yeah, Celtics. Yeah. Um, just because their schedule is so brutal these next, you know, there's, there's just very rarely even two days off in a row at any point. So mm-hmm. I wonder how they, handle that part of it uh when when he does get super close to, to coming back to the floor
0: yeah yeah and i think yeah great point in terms of the record like there's there's just no need um for any urgency in terms of rob coming back i mean and maybe that maybe that was part of the calculation in terms of the minutes right like hey let's let's print out fix device but also be like hey rob like you're good man like don't need to rush back like let's let's take this nice and slow so um I think Celtics fans are rightfully excited about the, the possibility of Rob coming back. I mean, who can blame them? Like this, this team could really, this team looks so good already B-Rob in terms of offensively and the defense is getting better, but, but adding Rob, I think, will you know, like I said, like unlock that next level.
1: Yeah. So let's talk about the offense here before looking ahead into this next six game homestand that's starting on Wednesday night at the garden with uh, mm-hmm. uh the Luca Tatum MVP battle here. Um so southern China, they they do they are down to second in offensive rating. Their metrics wow. across the board are pretty spectacular. Um mm. their biggest one that sticks out obviously is their their top and three point rate around the league right now and mm-hmm. third and three point shooting percentage at 39%. That does it feel right now to you that it's that is sustainable based on the fact that you know we know obviously the proven shooters, like Great Williams from last year, Hauser, we know this is his report. But then you have guys like Derek White shooting 43% from three. Al Horford, <laughs> even after going 0 of 7 last night, is like still 42% from three, which is still nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, And it's and like Brown and Tatum are just like middle of the road, 35, 34% from three. So there's like, not, it's like they're shooting anything crazy here. Mm-hmm. So I guess from that standpoint, this, I don't know why like this would necessarily slow down over the course of the year. Um, in terms of their their averages. Because even if the White and Horfords of the world go down, like, Tatum and Brown could very well just shoot up.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think this was, you know, I, I feel like I've mentioned this a few times, but, like, this was kind of the theory, I guess, with with the Derek White type, right? Like, he didn't have the best shooting numbers in San Antonio. I think it was, like, right around 33%. But when they yeah. traded for him, I think, right, the theory was basically he's no longer, like, a top option on that offense. Like, defenses aren't necessarily game planning for him. As a result, he's going to get open three-pointers. And and Joe Mazzula talked about this after the, the Bulls loss when, you know, they put up 53-pointers. Like, what are your thoughts on that? And Joe's, like, straight up, like, well, if you're open, you should shoot, right? And, like, this is the league. Like, and I, I, I think that's why it, it can be sustainable, right? Like like you said, like, the percentages might go down for some guys, um, uh, but but those same percentages can go up for guys like Jason and Jalen, who, who haven't had the greatest shooting starts. So... I think when, when you watch the Celtics offense, like, they, t- they take a lot of three-pointers, like, to the noticeable amount. Like, I think I tweeted it last night. Like, they only made one two-point field goal in the first quarter, which I think is crazy. Uh, they made six total, and five of them were three-pointers. So, but I think when you're watching this offense, like, occasionally there would be bad three-pointers. Like, that's just going to happen over the course of the game. But for the most part, I think you're, you're pretty comfortable with, like, the quality of three-point looks they're getting. Um, I think you could kind of dig into the numbers in terms of if they're open or not. But overall, like, your, your shooters, if they're open, like, Al went 0 for 7. But, like, I didn't necessarily – like, he shot good open threes, you know. And, like, if you're not going to shoot that, then, like, that completely changes your offense in terms of, like, the defense maybe doesn't need to respect your three-point shot anymore so they can, you know, stack the paint a little more, et cetera, et cetera, a double team. Um, so I think you you feel – one, you feel great. You still have the number two offense in the league. And, and you play Sacramento, who uh, is, is on fire, good – for. I have a Kings fan, and, and they have seen a lot, b Rob. Like, they, they have been through <laughs> a lot. Like, they they deserve this in terms of, like, you know, they got Clown for the Tyrese Halliburton trade, who looks great for Indiana, by the way. But, hey, they look really good now. Sabonis is a good player. Like, they, they kind of have a little something there. I feel good for them. But, um, yeah, overall, like, I don't think there are too many nitpicks. I, I guess, you know, I think we're kind of past the point, I guess, where the narrative is basically – shooting teams can't win in the playoffs after the great Warriors runs and everything. So I think you 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 want them to have a little bit more balance, as Malcolm Brogdon said last night. Like, I wrote about it. Basically, his point was, if the threes aren't falling, it's not necessarily you just have to, you know, go find stuff inside the arc. It's also don't let it affect your defense. And I think that's where, maybe that's kind of the kryptonite for the Celtics. Like, I get the frustrations of missing a bunch of, like, open-look threes, but like, that happens. It's an 82-game schedule, but you, you got to lock that on D, and the Celtics didn't do that last night, which is why they saw their win streak snap. So I think that's the number one thing I would personally be looking at if their shots aren't falling. If the shots are falling, great. Then, then the box, then they're gonna do what they did to the Hawks and Pelicans. But you know, in the Bulls game, that they, they did let that affect their defense, and as a result, uh, they gave up 121 points. So I overall, though, you feel good, but just don't let it affect the defense. I think.
1: Yeah, that's certainly something that I'm sure it's easier for them to let down their guard during mm-hmm. this winning streak when it's like, yeah, guess what? We've been, you know, we're, we're running, getting, you know, out running and getting teams every single night. So it's like, what do we do here? Like, it's, it's tough for us to kind of dig deep and get the stops that we were so relying on last year to, mm-hmm. you know, win games, especially in the, in the first half of the season. And so as far as the, and that's another part of the equation where Rob Williams could fit into like, Okay. How do you make yourself more offensive, you offensively balanced? It's like, okay, how about we get one of the best lob guys, in the league back. And so that way that's much more of a paint presence than we have right now for anyone on the team, because mm. while Tatum and Brown can get to the rim, well, and even honestly Malcolm Brogdon too, like he,
0: yeah. he
1: when he decides he wants to go to the paint for the night, he like, he can really like tear it up down there, which is really encouraging to see. Cause the Celtics really just haven't had a guard that can do that. Cause that's generally one of smarts weak spots. And you know, Derek white mm. from a size and a, in a finishing standpoint, isn't great there either, but the more you see him get comfortable in that spots and you add other elements to the offense. And yeah, it's like just having that awareness, like you talked about to be like, okay, this is, you know, we're not going to not stop taking threes, but we're going to, we're going to make teams have to collapse on us even more down low. And so those threes get even more open when we want them there. And, um, or just, we can say, Hey, you know, the, that shot's not falling tonight. Like let's like make a concerted effort to get down low a little more. So it's um. Again, like the the situation they have here is they're set up. The offense is set up beautifully to do this. The personnel is there. So it's like mm-hmm. why this is this is a coach's dream right now. If you're in Missoula and you have where we can shoot three, we love to shoot threes and we shoot them well. Like, great. We're not going <laughs> to let one bad shooting half, like take us off that game plan.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just like last night, like I think they shot like 30.6% from three. In the first half, and they finished the game shooting 38. Like those shots were going to fall. It's just that the Bulls scored 121 points, right. which is, you know, like you just you just can't have that. Even though they, you know, I wrote about this last week. B Rob, obviously on the, on the defense, they have been improving. The shot profile is good, but the Bulls just, you know, they just kept it coming. Um, I they, you know, the tr- the turnovers were pretty bad for the Celtics last night. Um, Jalen and Jason Tur- have been kind of they're horrendous like, last I mean, night.
1: Like yeah, the like, Jalen turnovers were like, oh.
0: Yeah, like, Jalen's had some pretty heavy turnover games recently, which I think is a little bit of a red flag. Jason uh, included, but at least Jason's assist numbers are pretty high, whereas Jalen is not necessarily – that is not necessarily the case every night, but he has had a couple nice games. So, uh, yeah.
1: it's um, You want to avoid the Bulls in that playing game scenario. If you're <laughs> subject. The one 8 2 against the Bulls, for whatever reason, you just – you don't want to see DeRozan in the playoff series because um, for some reason, he, I, I mean, I don't think I think they take care of them, but it's just like mm-hmm. DeRozan for whatever reason just likes to go off, and, and no fair. one can really guard, no one can really guard him well. At least in the regular season, that's like Smart can't really. Mm. He's got too much size and smart, and then he just seems to get whatever he wants against anyone they throw at him.
0: I do wonder how much I forgot what year it was, but I remember the Nats swapped the LeBron Heat like four zero one year and they met in like the second round of the playoffs and that was like yeah. a big narrative point and then i think the heat swept them so yeah, i wonder how much that's true like i that's that's like one of the ones i don't even know how old i was but that that always stuck in my mind because it was very much so wow that was like the first moment i realized like as an nba fan i was like wow the regular season really doesn't matter really. <laughs> so you know obviously that's the true. celtics do have their issues against the Bulls. i do wonder what that would be like in a playoff scenario but it, We could talk about that in April if uh, if that does happen. (laughs) Uh,
1: The Bulls very well might not even be in that equation based on the way they've started seven and 10 and um, a very crowded, you know, picture. They have like the Mm -hmm. heat and other teams below them. That could very well just be have better teams overall once they get healthy here. Mm -hmm. Um, All right. Let's take a quick break first here to hear from our sponsor, Bet Online, which remains your number one source for all your sports betting for football and basketball this season you can always find the latest odds team matchup info player news and game trends at bet online and it's your continued source for sports wagering info with bet online featuring live betting free contests and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable it's also the fastest and easiest way to bet on nfl nba nhl mma tennis boxing golf and even the world cup going on here right now so head on over to bet online dot ag to join receive your fifty percent welcome bonus with your first deposit use a promo code CLNS50 to receive your rewards bet online where the game starts all right sweetie so let's wrap it up here let's let's get into this homestand coming up we got six games at first it wasn't a very uh, you know impressive homestand in terms of quality of opponent you had obviously mm-hmm. Dallas coming in first and then kind of a mishmash of teams before the Heat in a in a rare home and home uh to to wrap it up. But suddenly, I mean Luka's Luca for running name. An and then the Kings are suddenly the hottest team in the NBA with the best offense in the NBA as you alluded to earlier. Mm-hmm. Um what's uh what's expectations going into this and what's an acceptable record for this group knowing that this is uh maybe a little bit tougher of a homestand than you would might have expected originally.
0: Uh why I expect Luka to hit a game winning buzzer beater? <laughs> Yeah, uh, I don't as on tradition. I don't know how. I don't know how I've, – I I've haven't even been here two years, and I think I've lost, like, three of those already somehow. It is um,
1: nuts, like, by the way. Just, like, <laughs> and it's almost like the same spot. He did the same spot in Dallas game. And then yeah, man. The Celtics crazy. and Mavs always play epic games in the regular season. It's it's kind of – it's fun.
0: I'm excited for what I was there. If he's team in the finals, like, I think are just, like, in it for, like, haymakers for seven games, basically. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think – in terms of record, I think four and two you would probably feel good against because um, you do play the Heat twice. I just think he haven't looked good, but it was just hard for me to watch this to see them. I guess drop two straight games against a team that beat you in seven games on your home court last playoffs. Like, I just think maybe Jimmy or some someone goes off, um, something like that. So, I think four and two you feel comfortable with in terms of maybe you drop one of the um the heat game or one of the heat games and one of King's maps. but who knows? The Celtics team, like, there have been multiple times this year when i thought they were gonna lose and then you know like the hawks game i thought was like perfect like the hawks had just come off a win over the Bucks, emotional high the celtics were going to be shorthanded. it was going to be on the road etc etc i know they just blew them out i thought the same way about the pelicans game the diamond wasn't playing um so i think uh who knows maybe they go six and oh five and one but i think at least four and two you feel good against like washington and charlotte i know it's a back-to-back but like those are simply games you have to take care of um And then in terms of Dallas, Sacramento, Miami, twice I think if you split those, you'll feel feel pretty happy. Um, Weird schedule coming up though—is what a six-game homestand, a six-game road trip, and what is this like a seven-game homestand to end the year? So, absolutely uh, Yeah, I don't understand. And a seven-game homestand to end the year isn't exactly full of marquee opponents either, so it's kind of weird a little bit. But um, yeah, I think four and two though is 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 a good starting point. Um, Don't know if they get there. I think. They pretty easily get there, uh. But who knows? Maybe uh, Ryu Hachimura, fellow Japanese guy, goes up with yeah. fifty points or something like that. So who's to say? It is it is at the NBA after all.
1: It is the Wizards are surprisingly okay this year. I mean, they're yeah. in the middle of the, the East playoffs team. I mean, this is they're this also happened last year too, and then they
0: fell off a <laughs> the cliff. Good. Well, I don't know. Games. They looked pretty good. They we were like I forgot what it was. They were like they were pretty good through like ten games or something. Right. um but yeah yeah so who who knows what ends up happening to them but uh maybe if field stays healthy they'll kind of be in that playing contention
1: yeah porzingis is staying healthy the pacers, at much helps. pacers mm-hmm. look like just fun I mean, the, the wizards if you look at their metrics they're they're 10 and 7 but they're expected win losses 8 and 9 so they've kind of they've maybe gotten mm-hmm. like, in some close games and stuff like that but the pacers i mean they're they're have a top 10 that rating top 10 that rating right now they're Ten six. That has to obviously easily the the surprise of the NBA at this point. Since that's mm-hmm. the team that everyone expected to be in the in the bottom yeah. you know, five or six years. And we have to uh talk about Aaron Neesmith's near disaster. <laughs> Poor guy
0: mm-hmm. leads
1: leads the come or doesn't lead the comeback, but he scores scores the last points of the game to lead a, a Patriots comeback win. And then gets the surprise. And I don't know. It's it's a situation. I don't know if, go watch the clip if you haven't seen it yet, but he... He has, he has the walk off interview, and he gets surprised by his pager teammates who dump water on I mean, him, like a classic, a classic situation. But for whatever reason, this like totally throws Newsom for a loop. Probably because again, he's he hasn't been a walk off interview a lot, and so he doesn't <laughs> know what to do. So he like he tries to run away from the 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 cups of water being thrown on him, and proceeds and he to slurps, like yeah. it slips and has like almost looks like it could have been like a hamstring tear based on how he went down. Yeah, but like, he's yeah, okay. Yeah. But like, poor guy, that would have been just like the story a, of his like awesome. life right now. Of like, but no, he's yeah, he's playing there, and it's good to see him getting some minutes. And mm-hmm. um, and that's I don't know, that's a that's a fun team over there right now.
0: Yeah. Benedict Matherin and leading right? away from my fantasy team. Tyree <laughs> Halliburton is still a lot of fun. Um I, I'm sure like Kings fan Kings fans aren't that mad or they have the number one offense right now, they look hot. Um, but Tyrese Halliburton Pretty good player. Who would have thought? I mean everyone, but you know <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> but yeah, they have I mean, I always thought they had the pieces, so it's kinda of fun to see you know, one of these low key younger, youngerish team kinda have a little bit of I don't think it'll last, but who's to say? Maybe they end up being um like last year's Raptors who who were kind of inex- inexplicably the five seed. So
1: Yeah. No, there's always a some team always were just from the woodwork as a
0: mm-hmm. a
1: surprise in these regular seasons and it's still where the Pacers will see if they want to, they obviously have some pieces to sell uh, down the line, but like the jazz in the West right now, it's like, Oh, well, if we're actually can show by the numbers that we're legitimately good, then we'll, we're not going to be able to tank far enough anyway to, for it to matter at this point. So why not, you know, just mm-hmm. roll for what we got. So, but that that's a storyline for down the road for both those teams. Um, It'll be, I mean, the I don't think the Celtics don't play Utah for a while, I feel like, right? Like they don't play them yeah. the whole second half of the season. So so we won't get the Will Hardy uh <laughs> return game or the Kelly Olinick return game for a while here on that front. But all right. Any what any closing thoughts here heading into um this? We're going from four and two here. I'm gonna go five and one as mm-hmm. a, I think it's just you lose one of the Dows or the Heat game. Um mm-hmm. And I think I don't know. I think Sacramento on the road. I just don't expect them. Like they're a scary team at home. I feel like at this point, but I don't expect them to come. And I also feel like they I feel like their record at the Garden over the last ten years is probably like one and nine or zero and ten. So I think like it's one of these like one of these cursed teams. Um, when it comes yeah, to that, uh... Uh, playing against East.
0: Well, i mean they got just walloped but i felt like twice last year i remember in sacramento yeah. and in the boston one was just bad i just felt like everyone sucked on that team i was like oh my god right like you know he, like you don't watch the king's bad offense you're like oh my goodness like what are we i thought tyrese halliburton sucked based off that one game then he came with a pacers he had like a triple double in like 20 minutes with a foul trouble. So i was like okay maybe it was just the kings um you know so maybe i should watch the kings more <laughs> it's my takeaway here but yeah uh that one seems fair. Um, only last thought is I'm curious to see what Joe Musiala does with the rotation. Um, I don't want to open this can of worms, but with Pay and Pritchard, just because he yeah. played so well. Um, but yeah, that's just something I'm keeping an eye on. He didn't play it Monday. I think you can find a path for playing time for him, especially with back to backs coming up. But I'm curious. I'm just curious. I'm just curious to see what happens. Like people were in my mentions being like, "Do you think he earns a rotation spot?" I'm like, "No," because Malcolm Brogdon, Derek White, and Marcus <laughs> Smart are really that good. But, with, if but want, that's another you, thing with,
1: like Alfor, if Al is playing, can you take five minutes from Al Horford and give him
0: to Payton Paredes? Yeah, just play small. Yeah, you know, just can Payton Paredes find a dozen minutes a game? That's all I'm asking. I'm just I'm just curious. Mm. I, I'm not saying anything. I'm just I'm just one, I'm just wondering if that will happen. And I think a lot of fans will be happy just because the cheers this man gets at TD Garden mm. is truly truly next level. And I'm uh I'm very intrigued to see what happens there.
1: Mm. No, he's ever since. Training camp two years ago or whatever, when even guys like Marcus Martin training camp were like, yeah, no, Payton's like, he can play. And he was, he was the one, like, out of all those young guys, he was the one, obviously Grant Williams, yeah. too. But he was around for an, a year before. But those are the two out of a very, very big net of uh, young guys that emerged from the pack and have remained fan favorites here. So, but yeah, no, I think it's a really good point to see, both from a trade value perspective and just, you know, keeping him keeping him engaged, keeping minutes down elsewhere. Like you know, he, I think he's clearly done enough to, to yeah. find 10 minutes game, but we'll see if uh, they find it for him here. All right. That's it for us. Make sure again, you're following Suichi on Twitter um, for all Celtics takes and world cup takes uh, this week <laughs> and uh, re rate review, subscribe to the winning plays ball uh, podcast. Uh, check out all our coverage on mass live as well. Um, and yeah, we will talk to you guys. After the all day uh, later this week.